0: Hello and welcome to the Dot Ball Cricket Podcast. This is the podcast that focuses on South African cricket, both uh, the proteas uh, in international action and our domestic game as well. And uh, it's a very great pleasure for me to welcome once again with me two former proteas in uh, the former all-rounder John Kent, who's just come back from a commentary stint in Sri Lanka and uh, the former Proteus spin bowler, Paul Harris. So, guys, the ODI series against India, wow. I mean, uh, following on from the test series, which uh, was remarkable enough, South Africa coming from 1-0 down to win 2-1 with uh, two fourth-innings chases of more than 200, and then to whitewash India 3-0. Did anyone expect that?
1: Look, I don't think anyone thought uh, 3-0 was going to be the outcome. Um, but certainly the protests took a lot of momentum from that Test series into the One Dayers. Um, you know, I thought that our batters played their spinners incredibly well on wickets that you know should have really suited them, especially in Paul. Um, our bowling lineup again was superb. Um, you know, asked questions, uh, kept totals down, um, and you know, even guys. I mean, I thought Petha Choir was amazing. All a wonderful performance, and uh, you know, probably couldn't come at a better time for South African cricket. Uh, for us to have such a wonderful win both in the Test Series and in the ODI Series.
0: John Kent, uh, Paul has touched on it. Uh, that for me was the main feature of that ODI win was that previously India have really dominated the Proteus when it came to spin bowling, both uh, in terms of their spinners, especially over here in 2018, uh, Yuzvenja Chahal and uh, Kuldeep Yadav. Um, and their batsmen have generally dominated our, spinners, our spin bowlers as well. But it was an incredible turnaround, wasn't it, in, in this series? Yeah, I think our spin
2: uh, bowling has come to the fore in the last while now with two really experienced players, and they are you know, leading us forward very well. Um, I, also, I was a little bit surprised, I suppose, to see how much someone like a, like a Markram bowled, um, but he did a great job as well. So that's you know just another string to the bow where obviously his, his form of the bats just dipped off a little bit, but knowing – you know the class of the guy. That's not a problem. Uh, but also, that first uh, the first idea. I was very surprised at how how low and slow that wicket did play. I was even though we know it's generally like that. But the last few seasons in domestic cricket, it's really been a good wicket with a bit more pace and bounce, and and the runs have flowed. But a bit tougher work. But what the skipper did coming in at 310 off 143 balls. Him and Russy Fanderson really really put something together pretty special and got us to a big score on that wicket, um, winning by 31 runs in the end. And yeah, Dussen, he, he obviously played it well below a runner ball, but that last sort of 20 balls that he came in, he ended up uh, 129 of 96 balls. Um, that really that really knocked the stuffing out that Indian
0: team. We've mentioned spin bowling, but uh, Paul, I guess going into the series, there were question marks over South Africa's batting. Um wow, I mean they answered that in, in the best way possible. Uh we, we'll get to Aidan Markham. I guess there might still be question marks over that one place, but um De Koch, Milan, Bavuma, Funderdusen, that top order now just looks very settled.
1: it, it certainly does. Um, you know. I'd love to see a couple of the people that we're throwing around. We don't need Quinton de Kock on social media after you retired from test cricket. I'd love to hear their thoughts now. Um, but certainly, you know, when he's playing well, like he did, and you can see he's enjoying his cricket, he's playing with a smile on his face, it just changes the whole complexion of that team. I mean, he scores quickly, he dominates both seamers and pace. Uh, you know, he's just a remarkable player. And When he's playing like that, it gives other guys confidence. And, you know, for his opening partner, it must be so must be wonderful to bat with him when he's in this kind of form. Um, you know, they both played exceptionally well, um, and you know we've, I think we found our opening partnership going forward in white ball cricket, which is uh, which is great to have. Um, you know the rest of the team. I mean, Tim Bavuma. I think he's. Well, I don't think I know he's playing the best he's ever played in his life. Um, you know he really has worked in his game. We saw in the test series from the, from a sort of technical defensive point of view, he's next level. Uh, you know, and then we saw a bit of flair in the in, in the in the one day stuff. You know, he uh, played that game. I think he paced his innings superbly in that game. A lot, a few people criticised him for batting too slowly, but he allowed Rusty from a distance to play the knock he did. And on that wicket, you know, it wasn't an easy wicket to bat on. It was very slow. Uh, there was quite a bit of turn, and I read the situation uh, brilliantly. So you know, well done to him. You know, to have, to have your your leader scoring runs and uh, you know and winning games is, is hugely important. Uh, you know, on the Aiden Markham question, look, I think, uh, as everyone else, when, you know, whenever Aiden comes in, I get hugely excited. And then 15 minutes later, I want to buy a foot of rope. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's, he's sort of, uh, you know, he's frustrating everybody. We all know how good he is. Um, I personally think he's running out of chances um, or maybe run out of chances. Um, I think you only get a certain amount of chances at that level. He's been afforded quite a few. Um, I'm a huge Aiden Markham fan. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you've got to put results on the board and, and he's not doing that. He'll know that um, and he will be working as hard as he can to try and uh, change his uh, sort of form and his luck, uh, but certainly it's got to come sooner rather than later for him.
0: Yeah, Paul, just wonderful uh, to see Quinton de Kock, as you said, play the way he did. Uh, I'm always disappointed when, when a guy gives up test cricket, especially at the age of just 28, 29, but if freeing Quinton de Kock up by not playing Test cricket, is going to allow him to play like he did in this series. Um, then I'm actually delighted. I mean, I mean that's the sort of form that can win us World Cup. So wonderful uh, if Quinton can continue playing like he did uh, in the series against India. Uh, you, you mentioned playing the situation. Rassie van der Dussen, surely the the king of that at the moment. We saw it in the Test series and in and in the ODIs. And, uh, John, just on, on Aidan Markram, uh, I guess the vital thing about him, though, is in the ODI side, he brings that sixth bowler. Uh, just how crucial is that? And I was a little bit heartened by the 37 not out he scored uh, in the one game. He looked good in another innings as well. Um, so your your views on Markram still, still a place in the ODI side for him?
2: Yes, I, I
0: certainly agree
2: with you. In the T20s, the ODIs, you know, he's offering a lot. Um, yeah, Obviously, like Harris said, the the pressure is coming a little bit in terms of opportunities and how many you get. He's been in and out of the squad a few times and worked his way back in the squad to get another opportunity. Um, you know, some guys only get one chance and that's it for them. So he's obviously been backed by the coaches and management selectors, etc., I suppose in the test match stuff now, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he does start or, you know, they try and make as minimal changes as possible. Obviously, they won the series against India. You don't want too many changes, to be honest. And, you know, you never know, just a little refresh, a little break for him might be coming back in form for New Zealand.
0: Yeah, and of course, Markram uh, named in the ICC's T20 uh, team of the year. So his, his place in the white ball format, certainly a lot more secure than in the test side. Uh, Paul, you, you mentioned Adile Petlacuaia's bowling. Um, we've mentioned the spinners. But uh, just in terms of the seamers, uh, another guy who I thought did really well, uh, particularly in the absence of Kajisa Rabada, was Lungi ngidi stepping up and uh, kind of being the leader of, of of the pace attack in the series.
1: I think he's, he's certainly matured as a bowler, uh, and Not quite as, uh, as much pace as he had when he came onto the scene. But what he's done is he's really working his control. He's working his line and length. He's got good slow ball variations in white ball cricket. And it looks like he knows his game. You know, he's a very young guy to know his game as well. So you've got to give him a lot of credit. He's almost, you know, these days the unsung hero of that bowling line. Uh, you know, he just comes in, does his thing, uh, you know, does it well every time. And then, uh, you know, the other guys seem to get quite a bit of the glory. Uh, you know, he's been fantastic. And, and, you know, we need a fit, strong rearing to go. Uh, in Gidi in that side. And, uh, you know, it's nice now. We're starting to find, you know, there's competition for places, which, uh, you know, not so long ago, we, you know, we were struggling to get three seamers together. So, you know, it's it's, it's looking good. Uh, I think the stepping stones are there. I think it's it's got to be mentioned uh, that uh, the, the sort of leadership group, both the two captains have had a massive role, uh, you know, Dean Olga and, and Tim Bavuma in leading the side. Uh, You've got to have a look at the whole coaching staff, you know, from sort of Anton. to uh, bowling coaches, to, uh, you know, the people around the team. And then obviously, you know, Mark Boucher, we all know what pressure he's under at the moment, unnecessarily. And, you know, everyone's got to get a lot of credit for the way this team's playing.
0: Yeah, and of course, Lungi and Gidi had a a very good test series as well, topped averages, 15 wickets uh, at an an average of 15. So he's having a fantastic summer. Uh, John, Sisanda Magala, what did you make of his performances uh, during the series, played a, a couple of games, uh, took two wickets uh, for 133 runs and an economy rate of seven point three eight. Yeah,
2: I think um, a couple of things that normally let him down in the domestic game was wides, no balls, you know, those sorts of things. So unfortunately, he hasn't sorted that out. You look at the the last game; he got three wides, two no balls. That's three hits, you know, and he's gone one for sixty nine off the ten. So you know, he, he is a dynamic package. I think he's, you know, I don't know, you've got to say who's the more X-factor player. Pete LaCroix, probably a little bit steadier. Um, but Magala, in terms of what he brings there, he's, got, he's a great fielder. He's got good hands. Um, you can bowl with some real gas. And he's got that death bowling element too. That's what I think is quite important to mention. Um, in that domestic T20 series in September, he showed with the new ball, he, he can hit a hard length. At the end, he really manages to mix it up with some great slower balls too. So it's just a case of, you know, a guy can get one game here in this series and then five months later he gets another game there. So I suppose it's pretty hard to get, you know, a little bit of rhythm going in terms of opportunities given. But um, he has been given a a gig at the end of the series as well. Um, A little bit expensive. Yeah, so it's it's just a little bit tough, obviously, the discipline – um, in terms of wide snowballs, that sort of stuff you can 't have it um at that level
0: yeah he 's been frustrating because I actually see something there and and uh, the way he bowled in the middle overs uh hitting the deck hard uh and you mentioned at the death um he 's obviously got skills, but he 's just been such a bad starter uh every time he bowls, um especially the time he he took the new ball um and as you say, the extras as well are a, are, are a problem so yeah, you you kind of feel like there's something there, but you know, how how long do we wait until uh he brings it to the fore? I guess that's the the big question when it comes to, to Susanda Mangala. Well guys, uh next up for the Proteus is the tour to New Zealand. Uh they're departing on February second, so a couple of days from now, uh playing two tests, both of them in Christchurch, and uh the squad Uh, that was announced for the New Zealand Tour. Obviously, not too many changes from uh, the group that pulled off that wonderful win over India. Uh, We do see Simon Harmer coming back for the first time since 2015 in Proteus Colours. He's come in for George Linder, who was unavailable due to his wedding and uh, honeymoon, which uh, I'm sure John Kent will tell us all about. The, the wedding, that is, not the honeymoon, I presume. Um, and uh, Luto Sepamla as well, uh, returning to the test squad in place of Susanda Magala. Uh, Paul, Simon Hammer, how pleased are you to see him back in the Proteus fold? And uh, what do you think he can offer?
1: Cheapest, yeah. Look, it's been the long way around for Simon Homer. I mean, he's been the sort of highest wicket taker in, in, in the world in first last wicket, I think, the last few years. So, he's, you know, he certainly went and applied his trade. I think one thing I can say, about going to play in the UK, especially as a spin bowler in the sort of county circuit, is you really find out about your game. You bowl a lot of overs. Uh, you bowl in different conditions because a lot of the grounds are a lot different. Um, you know, you go play a game at, uh, at Lord's a lot different than going to play a game, in, let's say, at Hove or, you know, you're going to play in Durham. Um, you know, the conditions are a lot different. So, you know, he'll know his game well. He's obviously highly confident. He's taken a lot of wickets, a lot of fifers, which is important for a spinner. And, uh, and you know, he, he backs himself. So, you know, I think that, you know, going to New Zealand, I'm surprised if we play two spinners. But you never know there. It can sort of it can offer the spinners something. Um, but having a sort of left-arm spinner and an off-spinner, both in decent form, uh, is, is, you know, he can't go wrong. And, and as I said, he's, 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 he's unbelievably experienced. He's got 700 1st class wickets or something ridiculous. And, um, you know, he can only add, you know, value to that uh, that group of guys. So a good selection. You know, we always give the selectors trouble when they select teams who don't think they should. I think in this particular case, you've got to give a lot of credit. It's a very good selection.
0: Yeah, uh, Simon Harmer in the last five years um, – Uh, Just the stat, uh, this is not counting the eight wickets he took for the Northern Titans this weekend, Uh, 443 wickets and an average of just 22.77, so he has been the most prolific wicket-taker in first-class cricket anywhere in the world uh, over the last five years, so great to have him uh, as an option for the Proteus. John, uh, your your views on that Proteus squad and so Evia, we've been mention, mentioning Aidan Markram. He's been in the squad for a long time now without getting a game. Uh, he got a very nice little 93 over the weekend as well. Do, do you think he could force his way into the test picture?
2: Yeah, I think he is. He's putting some pressure on players at the top there. Dean's done a great job, Skipper. He's not going anywhere anytime soon, and he's a class player. And I just love what he brings to that test team. Um, Markram, yeah, maybe they might try something different. Uh, Keegan Peterson was positive out of this last series. Um, the real find. And yeah, I saw some guys saying, you know, why is it taking so long to find a player um, like this? But to be honest, a lot of guys are selected very early in their career and they haven't gone through a dip in form or, or whatever it is. And a lot of guys, they only really hit the sweet spot in the late 20s, maybe early 30s. Um, and that's where he is. And, and there's still lots of cricket in him. Um, and I just like that he's done, gone through the, the mill and he's performed and he's got a lot of runs. Um, he's done this like a, like a Mark, Mark Hussey, really. You see a guy who churns them out years after years and then he doesn't get a chance too early. He's got to earn his spot. And when he's earned his spot, he's like a duck to water. So that's what you want guys coming into the test team doing. They've done the, they've done the graph. They've learned their game. They understand it. And they can adapt to all the types of conditions that are that are thrown out to them. So I think it's a good uh, sort of way to go about selecting the guys and who, who've been there and, and they they battle hardened, you know what I mean? They're not soft. Um they, they can handle whatever's thrown at them. But obviously the youngsters, different story depending obviously on on how old they are, where they come from, how they've played. I suppose some some obviously get fast tracked at a young age and that's 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 how it works. But in sort of the test cricket, those guys who who are consistent or normally guys who have gone through years and years of of, of putting the numbers the numbers up. Um and now it's great to see him come, you know, come good. But uh on the spin, yeah, really good that there's two different types of spinners, I guess. There's the likes of Conway's and, and those sorts of players we're gonna be up against in the series. And he's been amazing in all formats really. The old man used to play in Joburg and then he came to the Dolphins for a little bit, I remember, and then he Went to go play club cricket in New Zealand for a couple of years. You know, you think, you know, you've got to really do some soul searching when, when you do things like that. Go play club cricket and prove yourself from from the bottom up. Um, so I'm excited to see how Conway does against us as well in the series.
0: Yeah, the Devin, Devin Conway story is uh, truly remarkable. And uh, yeah, sometimes just a change of scenery, I guess, uh, makes a massive difference. Uh, Grant Elliott, I think, a guy. Uh, closer to uh, the era that you two guys played in. Um, Another one who, you know, really couldn't really get a look in here in South Africa and went to New Zealand and uh, became an international star. Uh, It's interesting the comments you made about uh, where has Keegan Peterson been on the test arena. It was Ian Chappell, the former Australian captain, who kind of led those questions, which I I found quite surprising because as you... uh, uh, kind of hinted at John, Australia have had a history of actually choosing batsmen when they're in their 30s, when they really know their games really well and have, you know, 10,000 runs uh, behind them. And you mentioned Mike Hussey, he's obviously the the prime example of that. Uh, Paul, looking at where uh, South Africa are going to be playing those uh, two tests, uh, Christchurch, the Hagley Oval, uh, What what can they expect in terms of conditions there? Look, I mean, I think you've got
1: to look at New Zealand conditions in general. I mean, I haven't uh, I wasn't fortunate enough to play this, so I can't give you too much personal experience. But uh, wickets do generally uh, go around a bit, they give it a bit of swing. Um, but then it's also good for batting. So, you know, I think it, I think they're pretty fair wickets in general in, uh, in New Zealand. You know, if you try to bend your back I and mean, you look at a guy like uh, Wagner Wachner bends his back, gets something out the pitch. Um, you know, if you if you if you can swing the ball, you, you know, they've got bowlers there. Saudi really swings it, Trent Bolt really swings it. So if you can swing the ball. You need your bloters to be able to swing the ball there in those conditions. Probably not as much seam movement as you get here in South Africa. Uh, you know, a bit better for batting. I mean, when the ball gets a bit older, it, uh, it, it's pretty good. And, you know, it can support the spinners as, as the day goes on. There will be a bit of rain about, you would imagine, as usual in, uh, in New Zealand. It's not afraid to rain in that, in that part of the world. So, um, you know, I think we've got a good all-round squad to play in those conditions. Uh, but we have to have our A game. We come in against a very well-oiled, very well sort of trained... And uh, and good cricket teams, so we will have to play our, our sort of our best cricket. Uh, if we don't, we'll, we'll catch a club.
0: Who is this Neil Wagner that you uh, refer to, uh, Paul? That that might be what you might have called him when you played with him over here, but uh, <laughs> you you mean Neil Wiggle Wiggle Waggles Wagner, don't you? Wagner. We used to call him Vaches. <laughs> so, no, uh, right. Also, he's. Uh, I must say,
1: I've never I've never known a South African guy that has such a broad accent in such a short period of time.
0: <laughs> so he's obviously. Ah. Really,
1: He's really embraced the New Zealand culture and assets. but look, he's got heart. As he's always had heart. Uh, you know, he played in a he played in a northern setup that had you know some of the best bowlers in the world at the time. So there was no in for him. Um, you know, when you got the likes of Morne Morkel, Dale Steyn, Etienne Bolaji, Alfonso Thomas, Pierre Joubert, and you're going to struggle to get into most sides. So you know, he made a made a move, but uh, great for him. He's done very well. He's got great heart. Uh, be interesting to see how he bowls to our guys. Uh, you know, he likes to bang the ball in short. And, a lot of wickets in the pool um you know our guys are pretty good in the short pool i'm sure they'll have some sort of plans against him uh but he certainly has done remarkably well for them uh, so far
0: yeah thanks very much paul and uh john you and i will just have a, a very quick look at uh, what happened on the domestic scene over the weekend and wow how the four-day competition uh, has dramatically changed uh a couple of rounds ago, the Central Gauteng Lions were really running away with the competition. They looked unstoppable, but uh, after both they and the Eastern Province Warriors were held to a draw this held to draws this weekend, the Lions against Western Province and the Warriors uh, against the Dolphins at Kingsmead, the Northern Titans winning by the innings, and uh, so they will now go into the final round of fixtures, just six point six point three points. Uh, behind Central Gauteng, who are still top of the log, uh, so Lions on a hundred and eleven point three zero, Eastern Province a hundred and ten point eight two, and the Titans, a hundred and five point John, that's really shaping up to be a thrilling end to the domestic four day competition.
2: Yeah, it's been some really good performances. There's been uh, talk about Harmer performing. There's uh, another spinner, Carl Simmons, who got ten in the game for Western Province. So, like outstanding performance from him, Mahima for Burland also getting their first four-day win, um, and and what must be said is is Northwest has been tremendously poor this season. To be honest, I know that T20 series they 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 snuck in late and they lost because of the rains. Unfortunately, they missed out going into the final there in in Kimberley, but in the four-day competition, they just haven't really got going at all. Uh, they've been well beaten. Hmm. They've been they've been well beaten in most of these games. They haven't really managed to put on decent scores, and as a bowling unit, they haven't really managed to get even close To taking twenty wickets uh, throughout. So they've been uh, sort of the big disappointment so far. But yeah, they've been some good good performance there. avia Rickleton hundred, uh, Bird, which was his first uh, first class hundred, a really good one. Uh, so he's he's has just taken a bit of time to find his feet, but uh, you know he's a big boy, he's tall left hander, top of the innings. Um, you know, but more powerful than uh, the old Patek of yesteryear. Um, but yeah, he hit, he's a real hard hitter of the ball. And, you know, guys like Bedingham in the runs, geez, he's just, he can't stop scoring runs, that guy. So it's something to maybe some people to uh, think about. He obviously is going back to England now from the sounds of things, back to his county uh, to do his time to qualify on that side. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's, a, it's a lot of talent, a lot of good players putting in some good performances. So it's great to see.
0: Indeed. So uh, Simon Harmer is now the leading wicket-taker in the four-day domestic competition. He's taken 35 uh, at an average of just 19.45, so making a wonderful return to South African domestic cricket. And uh, on the batting front, Ryan Rickerton, really, uh, he's been in the Proteus squad without getting a game, but uh, certainly knocking extremely hard, on the door, four hundred and seventy-three runs in just five innings. Uh, and this weekend, he scored a ninety in the first innings, and then battered the Lions to safety in the second with an unbeaten hundred. hundred. so wonderful to see uh, players at the uh, in the in Division One really sticking their hands up and uh, putting the incumbents in the Proteus side under a bit of pressure. That's all from us for this week at the Dot Ball Cricket Podcast. We look forward to those two test matches in New Zealand, the first one starting on February 17th. And uh, we will chat again uh, with you after that. And don't forget that you can subscribe to the Dot Ball podcast and you can also follow us and uh, communicate with us on Twitter if you like. And uh, that address is at dotballpodcast. Thanks very much to Paul Harris and John Kent. I'm Ken Borland saying goodbye till next time.